This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. It was day three of our trip to Yellowstone country. Another beautiful mid-September day. After two days in the Yellowstone River in Yellowstone National Park, Dave and I decided to head to a river that doesn't get a lot of attention, but it's a fantastic fishery and beautiful country. As you drive up the river valley, you pass a place owned by Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, You drive by the road where Tom Brokaw has a ranch. You drive by a house or the shell of a house that Robert Redford built for his movie, The Horse Whisperer. And then you enter the mountains where the road turns to gravel and the river's a bit smaller. It's not long before you pass a stretch of river right along the road where uh, a couple of scenes from a river runs through it were filmed. And you'll even go by a place with three or four cabins, the Brook Shields owned back in the 1990s. This magnificent little river is south of Big Timber, Montana, and it's the Boulder River. Dave, it's hard to imagine a more beautiful setting for a trout stream, right? Right, and it really is more of a of a stream than a river, although that river is flowing so stinking fast. It feels like it's running as fast as the Yellowstone. Yeah, and that's and, even in the fall, in, in yeah, September. When we were there, yeah. yeah. There are places and, that way that, yeah, really And when do. you say the Boulder River, it really is the Boulder River. The, <clears throat> the bottom of the river are these large boulders. Well, large meaning everything from the size of maybe a large softball to yeah. a large well, a basketball yeah. to, mm-hmm. and even there's some bigger rocks, even the farther you go upriver. Oh, I know. It's uh, it's hard walking, isn't it? It really is hard walking. I would say it is as hard walking that as it is in the on the Yellowstone. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, our hopes were really high for that day, you know, given we had two outstanding days on the mm-hmm. Yellowstone River in the park. But it turned out to be really a strange day for several reasons. Yeah, it really did. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about our strange day on the Boulder River. Uh, so let's start with what did we see? So the first thing is we came into Big Timber. So Big Timber is just off the interstate. Um, what is it, east of Livingston, Montana? Yeah, east of Livingston. I don't know, 30, 40 miles, something like so that. So we ate. Uh, and it really is a charming town. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in the dead of winter, but yeah. uh, you know, when we were there in mid-September, it really is. It's got a yeah. little, you know, it's got those galleries that a lot of the, you know, small Montana towns have to kind of sustain yep. the little cottage industry. But the fact that it's right along Interstate 90 makes it, uh, I think, more accessible. It's it's not, you know, it's not out of the way. Often some backwater, and it's uh, yes. But yeah. you don't really think of Big Timber. You don't hear Big Timber. No, it's not a. Pl- it's not really a destination no, place. No, not it's not at like all. West Yellowstone or even the Gardner. Right. No. That's but it's for a sure. charming little town. Yeah, we ate breakfast is. at the Grand Hotel. Yeah, that was good, wasn't it? it yeah, it was. You know, it was your average breakfast, but yeah, it was good. It yeah. was. And then after uh, breakfast, then we we walked over to uh, the Sweet Cast Angler Fly Shop and. And I'd never been in there before, maybe once years ago, but uh, that was good. We, we had a good conversation, didn't we, with the fly shop we owner? We did, because we were planning on fishing the lower part of the river. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'd go farther upstream. He said something to the effect that at least you catch fish up there or 
you know, there might be they might be smaller, but you catch fish. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Do you remember he, what he said? Right, and he said, you know, for this time of year, and of course, I was happy to hear that because I fished a lot up in the in the mountain section. I've I've always wanted to go down and try some spots in the valley, but I think it's better uh, in the summer, uh, maybe than you know than mid September. That was his opinion, but. You know, Dave, you, one of the things that uh, we, we talked about later is, you brought it up, is uh, just the art of talking to a fly shop owner. I mean, it's, yeah, not that we want to overthink that, but, you know, when it comes to getting intel and, you know, and I, I guess having a productive conversation, what, what are some of the things that you think are important? First of all, uh, it's, it's hard to say this, but and I'm not sure this is true of, of fly fishers in general, but it's so easy to talk about yourself Yeah. and walk yeah. into a shop and, and, and have the fly shop owner ask you or the fly shop monkey who might be the, you know, the staff person, but to ask you, you know, some questions and you go off talking about yourself, your day that you had before and what a great fly mm-hmm. fisher you are, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But I think through the years, you and I have perfected the art of asking the good questions. So yeah. we always, always, always end up in really good conversations. And one of the signals that you give early on, and you're really good at this, you walk in and we'll start talking and and maybe the fly shop owner gives up a little bit of intel, like this this idea that you know, it'd be better to go way up in the mountains and fish as opposed to fishing the lower sections this time of year. You'll probably catch more fish. That was like, that was gold for us. But yeah. you give the signal like, you know, we're going to be here for a little bit, but, you know, we plan to buy some, you know, we plan to buy some flies here. I don't know how you do that, but yeah, you leave that in, said, which is a signal to say we're yeah. not just takers. Yeah. Hey, before we buy our flies, just some questions or, yeah, we're, we're looking at, we want to get uh, we need to get some leaders today. Before we do that, what you know? Here's a question. Yeah, I think that's helpful. I mean, fly shop owners are great. They're they'll give you information anyway. But I I want them to know. Yeah, you're exactly right that we're not just takers. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna give you some business as well. Uh, the other thing is you don't just ask about where the fishing is. So we I remember our conversation started. Well, how long have you owned the fly shop? Well, that just opened up. Uh, like a can of worms, right? He wanted to talk about... That was fun. He had been a teacher, and then he had been a guide in the summers, and the fly Mm -hmm. shop, you know, the the chance to buy the fly shop. I asked him, so how how are these deals structured? You know, or do you have to pay... Did you have to pay cash for it? Did the owner finance? Oh, no, no, no. He said, you know, you have to to pay a chunk of cash. And because, I mean, there's just a lot of different ways that businesses get get purchased mm-hmm. and and so he talked about that he talked about his kids and 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 then we got into this topic which which made the day eerie and it was and we had both known this but there was a fly yeah. fisher up in the mountain section that I think it was July 25th so basically a month and a half almost 2 months earlier mm-hmm. that had drowned yeah and what made it more eerie is that they had not found the body. Right. And it's a section I fished before. In fact, Dave, uh, one of uh, longtime family friends of ours that, that had been out there, uh, their son, who is, uh, oh my, what is he, probably 24, 25, uh, he walked through that couple's campsite, talked to them, and then found out later that the fisher you know, the, had the, drowned. That this guy had had drowned. How, how, and, it must have been just like hours or minutes. 
Yeah, I'm guessing it was hours, or or was it the like the day before? I'm I'm not positive, but but he knew it was that he knew it was that couple anyway. Yeah, this guy was fishing, and it was really high water. This is in July, and usually the water isn't that high, but it was really high water. And I, uh, I mean, you you look at it. There's parts of it you think, how could anybody get in trouble here? But there's some deep runs, and like you said, that there's places in that river that are pretty swift. And he was in a section where, man, he just I don't know, he slipped or something, got knocked over. Maybe, maybe we wonder if he hit his head in a rock. Yeah. And, well, his, and... his fiance, so the guy was 50 years old, and his fiance watched him fall in. Yeah, man. So we were talking to this fly shop owner and saying, hey, you know, tell us the story. Was there, he talked, well, there were drones that they um, initiated to try to find it. They just never could yeah. find the body. And then I said, well, where do you think the body is? He said, well, there is some talk here, some scuttlebutt that they know where it's at. It's at the bottom of some 15-foot pool, but they just can't get yeah, to it or there's something a like section that. section of river right there that kind of cascades. It drops, and it's it's almost a series of, of pools. And then, you know, and then you get down to the bottom, and it's just like what we fished in. You can hike. You can walk across it in most places pretty easily. Uh, I mean, if you, if you find the right place, you find the right riffles, but... Yeah, so that was kind of spooky. You're right. The whole day thinking, you know, you never know. We could. Uh, we All could of a sudden, see the body, body floats by, like, right? Wow, it gets freed up be... and floats by. I mean, Boy, and we were fishing be... right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were right, fished right, right, right in and below, around it. Yep, below that. Right below so, it. Yeah. Man. You know, we saw the sun that day too, surprisingly. But it was, it was surprisingly because I think the forecast was for clouds. But I was surprised how the sun was out so often. But it was really breezy. Yeah, there were moments where it's tough to cast yeah. across the river. Yeah, and, and that river was just crystal, crystal clear, clear, wasn't it? Yeah, we posted on um, one of the images. I think it's a photo of you on fly fishing. Oh yeah, I took one of you across the way, and you were casting. And you look at that river, and it's just unbelievably mm-hmm. beautiful, oh. crystal clear. Um, yeah, just un- unbelievable. So what did we catch? And maybe this is part of the strangeness of that day. So I had a tough day, and I'll just tell you, I um, I probably had 20 strikes. I had at least three where I got them halfway to, the, to my net, um, but I could not actually net one. And it was, it was, I, I was like beside myself. I started out yeah. with my nine foot six rod. I, I didn't bring my eight and a half four weight, which is what I should have brought. I think what I was doing was ripping it out of their mouths. So you didn't reason. have your Euro nymphing rod, did I you? I did. I had that in the truck. And okay. then later in the day, I used it. Okay. That. All right. And yeah. so, um, so I was planning just to Euro nymph all day. And I thought, you know, I don't want to get caught out here. You know, I don't want to go have to go all the way back to the truck for my mm-hmm. Euro rod. So I just I used my nine foot six. I did some Euro nymphing with <laughs> quote unquote Euro nymphing with that nine foot six. Yeah. But then I, I did cast drives, but I just did not have the luck. Now you you should yeah. talk about your day. You had a really good day. Yeah, and it was kind of surprising because I, I felt frustrated a lot of the day that the wind was uh, was annoying. In fact, after a while, I just quit fishing with a dropper. I was just tired of it. I was getting tangled up, and and I had to keep reminding myself not to cast harder, even though it's windy. Yep. And that's yeah, hard. All not those to do. I know, and all those words we've shared in our podcast: don't cast harder into the wind, and just make sure that you're 
you know, your wrist snaps are deliberate. And I, I remember that from our podcast. So that there is a benefit even yeah. for us. Yeah. So I had to practice that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I realized, man, I, I landed about, I don't know, eight to ten, a couple of brookies, uh, three rainbows. And I caught three cutthroat. And one of them was 15 that was inches. was a nice fish. Yeah, that I, was I, a really nice fish. I think it, I, I don't know if it was the fish I saw rise, but I in that run, I saw a fish like that jump clear out of the water. I thought, that's a 15, 16, 17 inch fish. That's a big fish. And I, I got back up there and and like the second fish out of that run I caught was, if it wasn't that riser, it was another one just like that big fish. And and I caught them all on a on a purple haze or on a on a parachute Adams, uh, size 18. See, that was my problem. I think I had yeah. a size 16 all day. Yeah. I didn't have anything smaller for plays. Uh, I, I think I that was my problem. That. I would have I yeah. let you have one. but Yeah, sure you would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I feared asking. Uh, yes. Because <laughs> oh, I would I, have to be humiliated. Oh, man. Well, I, I was humiliated by getting tangled. I was like, have I never fished before? What is this? And so I just finally... <laughs> said, forget this, I'm fishing with one fly with this wind. And, you know, one thing that I was pleased with during the day is I used my new, quote-unquote, Orvis Recon rod, which is the replacement for the one that I lost and then found, and it was broken in, in Colorado this summer. And it's an eight-and-a-half-foot uh, four-weight, and I was really pleased with the way that performed. It, it felt a lot like the the Orvis that I lost, and I was kind of bummed that they replaced it with a new one because, I, man, that other rod felt so good. But it's like, yeah, this this felt the same, and so it actually was, made me. You let me, you know, you let me use that a couple times that oh, yeah. day, and it really made me want to buy a new eight and a half four weight. I have a, a Reddington eight and a half four weight, and it is not the rod that I tell you what. Uh, they always, I we always have said, new fly fishers. It's hard for them to tell the difference between, you know, a $200 rod mm-hmm. and a $900 rod. But in this instance, I think I got that. You could tell. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That you thing was tell. so nice. Yeah. And this is a, you know, the Recon is a good rod, but it's kind of the mid midline of what they have. And it, it replaced, I had a, what was it, a TLS Power Matrix, I think they called it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they replaced it because Recon is easier to say than TLS Power Matrix. But yeah. <laughs> they've improved on their branding. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> Since yeah. that TLS. You know, we we also drove up, and this was up past that place where uh, the the guy had uh, you know fallen in and had drowned. But uh, we went up a ways, and man, the road got really bad, and we. We didn't fish the upper section long. The fishing wasn't very productive. We we did see another guy up ahead of us where we were going to fish. And yeah. I don't know. I just felt kind of uh, like, man, I, I just want to get out of this, uh, you know, these great big ruts. And By that time, water it was in later the in the day. It, it was. And, and the runs were, once you got up that far, there were some good runs, but they were fewer and they were far between. They were, and it was, it was low enough that... Um, yeah, it was almost like you would have had to knit to fish streamers. And it, this was a, like, okay, this is a dry fly or bust kind of a day. It really is. That It's so, that kind of a, a stream, yep. really. No, I think it would be, it. be interesting trying to fish streamers on that. Yep. I can't imagine no, if that would be productive. So what did we talk about? Well, the backdrop of that day was just the whole story of yeah. that, 
the fly fisher, it's not just that he drowned, but that the body wasn't found. Yeah, exactly. It just, yeah. It just was this strange sensation. Sensation yeah. wasn't a sensation. It was just this emotion of thinking, one, that could be you. I remember crossing yeah. one section mm-hmm. during that day, and I had the waiting staff, but I thought, I can see how this guy yeah. fell mm-hmm. in. Oh, I know. Those boulders are so slippery. Yep. They are. They are so slippery. I'm glad I had our foot tractor wading boots that we wear. They're so good, and oh, along with man, the wading staff, are. you know. <clears throat> yep. But still, even so, once you got to mid thigh, which is a, which is the farthest I typically wade yeah. at this point, mm-hmm. that river is moving so fast. It is. Holy and then when cow. you think that that we were there in the lowest, really one of the lowest times of the year, and this guy was there during fairly high water. Yeah, fairly high water. Um, still, yeah, into July, it's still moving fast, especially this last year they had so much snow. It's very sobering, isn't it? You, you do. You realize, okay, we, I mean, we try to be careful, but there, there's nothing like something like a like an accident like that putting you on high alert. It's kind of like when you drive by an accident on a highway, yeah. all of a sudden, I mean, even though you're, you've been careful like you're on high alert and you know something else we talked about that was kind of interesting was how we we really do everything we used to do in our 30s we haven't stopped doing anything which is good but it's different at 37 or 57 yeah it is different it is different one we have the waiting staff yeah but i don't know i think there is this sense of i think there when you're younger you have this uh, I remember this one preacher called it the veil of uh, impermanence, this idea that you're going to live forever. And so mm. when you're younger, you have this sense, you're just not, you just can't imagine a life in which you're not going to be living. You just, yeah. you just have mm-hmm. this sense. And it's a great gift, I think. Yeah. But as you get older, that veil starts to slowly lift. And you realize, yeah. oh, yeah, at some point I'm going to die. <laughs> and once you get, at least at our age, and you start to cross that river, the thought mm-hmm. hits you. Yeah. I I could slip and if I slipped yeah. and hit my head I'd be a goner just like yeah. that fly fisher. So your conversation changes. It's so interesting about, yeah. you know, what's important and and how to be more yeah. careful on the river. Maybe not to fish that run because you can't get to it. Yes. Mhm. I think we things. were more conscious this time too about uh we had even talked about you'd said, "Hey, maybe we ought to purchase a satellite radio so when we're we're back in, you know, especially up Yellowstone in above Tower Fall. Although, honestly, I, I got some cell service up there. But where we were in the Boulder, there was no service at all. Yeah. I mean, we were miles from a yeah, tower. There was, no and there, there was just nothing. So That's really remote back up there. It really is. It really um, is. And especially when the road gets smaller and it's so washboardy. Oh, I know it. And there's trees and it, it's, yeah. you know, there's steep uh, drop-offs on, on a side every so often, yep. and then it's... I don't know, how far does that road go back? Oh, I'm not sure. It still goes up a little ways. Really, the... Does it go up to whole, a trailhead or something? I think it does. The whole thing ends. It's it's really, it's just north of, of Yellowstone National Park. It's, you know, as you're heading south, you're heading up towards the park, and somewhere <clears throat> before you get to, you know, one of those big mountains on the park's north border it ends uh, huh. yeah very very beautiful country so what did we hear well 
tell us about this, Dave? The, so we the went most, up, yeah, the most interesting thing was this conversation we had, so right? We, yeah, so on our way up, so we had fished, and it was later in the day, and we thought, let's go farther up. And we did fish a little bit, but we ended up coming back. So it really started to cool off, yeah. and it started to cloud up. But we decided, let's go up to that campground where the fly fisher drowned, right, yeah. where he was fishing. And so we went all the way up there because we were fishing just below it uh, yeah. earlier. And in the it's day. actually a non. It's there's a there is a national forest campground not far from there, just up the road. But but it's actually an unmarked road. It used to be. Oh, that's think, right. Yeah, it used to be used a lot more. Now they don't mark it, and I think it's only not just locals, but people who have been there for a while, or or you you just explore and drive in there. But there's. There's a few camp places where people camp. They're not really campsites, but then at the very end, there's a. It, it just ends, and it's not like they've made a parking area, but that's essentially what it is. Right, exactly. Yeah. But you're way up, you know, on this yeah. road, way up on the boulder, and it's so it's September. It's cloudy. It's starting to cool. You know how that emotion is of fall, yeah. and you have that thought of that. This is exactly where yeah. the guy drowned. And it's kind of dark in there, too, because there's a lot of timber right there. So we pull up, and you can't see this until you get right up on the river where this little turnaround is. Yeah. It's not really a parking lot. implies that it's a pave. It's not that at all. Right, no. It's just, you know, a place where you can turn around. And there is a camper. So it's a truck, an, uh, an older truck with a camper on it. And out walk. So we pull in, and we on this trip, we got this really nice SUV. <laughs> We got yeah, this suburban right. we Chevy got suburban rated to a suburban from a mid-size SUV. Yeah, for yeah. free. So we're driving this yeah. big machine. So we pull up and we step out. We have our waders on, and we we see this uh, truck with this camper on it. And so this this older gentleman, so older than us, yeah. steps out, and he had a dog. But as soon as he walked up to us, now. He was mostly friendly. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. he warmed up in the conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. But as he walked up to us, it was so clear that he intended us to see his Glock, his <laughs> nine millimeter that was strapped around his chest. And right, I mean, you would be you realize how quick it would be to pull yeah, that thing out, right? His big shirt, kind of a big flannel shirt was unbuttoned so you could see So that. you could yeah. see it. So it was so hilarious. Yeah. And I was, you know what I thought? I was thinking there, you know, we have our bear spray. Both of us had bear spray yeah. on. I was thinking, you know, I bet if he pulled that thing, we could almost spray him with bear spray and have more luck. <laughs> Think about that. I don't know. That thought oh, crossed my yes. mind. But we ended up having a reasonable and he's, and he's good holding con- a beer in one yes, hand, that and he's was got great. his Glock, you know, uh, strapped, strapped his strapped chest to his and, chest. Yeah, and uh, kind of diamond earring studs. And, and the guy was from Louisiana. Yeah. He had been there. I guess he camps there every fall. But he's alone. It, it's so, it, it is so eerie up there. I mean, it's. Yeah. I'm thinking, man. Part of fishing is, and I think we got into this conversation later, it's like part of fishing is being able to show the other guy that you caught a fish, right? Yeah. Or whoever you're with. And and you miss that if you're so alone. But anyway, this guy was definitely a loner. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, yeah. He was. So that was, that was interesting. It was fun talking to him. He had worked in uh, uh, what, kind of hotel management or something or Resort, or resort management. Yeah, resort it management. Resort management. Yeah, resort management. And I don't know. he had spent a lot of time. And he he had, like us, he kind of discovered this place and said, man, nobody comes here. I, it sounds like he's been coming there every summer for what, like a month? or That's what he said. Yeah. He sits there for a month. 
Yeah. So uh, very him and his dog. Yep, that's right. So we drove back down. I mean, it, I guess it was it was a strange day because we had the the wind to deal with. We, you know, kind of this eerie feeling with uh, knowing that there's a body. This guy didn't even know somebody had drowned there. We said, oh, yeah, we're just kind of looking around. I wanted to show, we wanted to see where this guy had, was looking where the guy had drowned. And he said, what? And he's, and he was thinking of something that happened a few years before. We said, no, this was just a few weeks ago. And But anyway, yeah, it was strange for that reason. Just strange because, you know, you just had such a weird day not catching much. And, and, and I did, even though it was frustrating. And it was, yeah, it was, it was just different. So... I guess the only thing that wasn't different, though, is we ended the day, you know, we found a pretty good little restaurant somebody recommended us. More like a sports bar. It's called the Thirsty Turtle. Yep. Had to drive all the way. It took a long time, almost an hour to get back to Yeah, because we Big thought Timber. about, hey, there's things in Livingston that we'd like. We're, like we're, we're starving, and it was later, too. So It was like 9 o'clock yeah, almost. Yeah, so if we're going to eat anything. So what did you have? I had a, had a terrific crab sandwich. It was really good. I think I had, I'm trying to think, it was some sort of barbecue sandwich, but it was also really, yeah. really good. I was just surprised. The food across the board where we ate yeah. uh, on this trip just was really good. It was. And maybe that's a function, too, of you're your worn out from the day. It we, all we tastes better. Yeah, we really didn't eat lunch. I guess one day we took sandwiches in that barely qualified as lunch, but... Anyway, at the end of the day, we thought about our final day of fly fishing in Yellowstone country because this was day three of four, and we knew that the final day, the forecast was for rain, so we had a decision to make. We wanted to fish for runners, you know, those browns moving up towards their spawning areas. So the question was, do we head to the Madison River in the West Yellowstone area or the Madison and the Bear Trap west of Bozeman? Or do we go to the Gardner River inside the north entrance of Yellowstone National Park? Well, in our next episode, we'll tell you where we decided to go and how that day turned out. Before we go, we'd like to remind you to post a comment. Maybe we've said something that will remind you of a story or an insight uh, or one fine day that you've had somewhere. We'd love to hear about it. All right, that's all for today. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>